Father in heaven, I am so thankful that we can come boldly before your throne. And Lord, you, you've heard our prayers and cries throughout this conference and prior to it, Lord. And I thank you that you never grow tired of hearing us. I thank you that you never grow weary of our prayers and nothing is too great for you. And so I just pray right now that you will be with us, that you will guide, that you will give us answers to our questions, that you will give us um, ways, Lord, ideas, thoughts, put them in our mind of how we can reach our, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends for you. Lord, specifically, we want to share your word. So teach us how to present truth and love, um, Lord, in a way where, where we can truly just proclaim it as you would. So Lord, just guide us, direct us, and I pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, so we're going to be covering today um, basically on Bible studies. Um, but I want to, for those of you who weren't here, we talked about last time, um, about awakening spiritual interest, about the approach we take with people. You don't just bash them over the head with the Bible right away. If you're in the workplace especially, it's about building relationships and, and trust with people and then going from there. Now, one question came up. Chelsea, how much is too much social? Like you can, you can get so caught up in the social that pretty soon you're just doing what everybody else at work does. You're just a part of the social and you never take it to the spiritual. This is what we're gonna talk about today. I've seen so many people that they say, you know, I have great connections with my, my friends at work, and Chelsea, I don't want to ruin that. So I'm not going to talk to them about the Bible. Why do we have those relationships and friendships anyway? Is it for our sake and benefit? For, for, for us or for that person? For, for ultimately their salvation? God has you in their path for a reason. Now, there are wrong ways and right ways to approach people with it. And that's what we're gonna talk about, a winsome way of witnessing people. If you have a coworker who is um, smoking or drinking or something, and the way you approach them is to sit down with them and say, you know, you really shouldn't do that, that's bad for you. I don't believe that because, you know, my, you know, the Bible teaches that you shouldn't do that, it's bad. That's not going to win that person over, right? If that person just lost a loved one and you come to them and you say, and they say, you know, I'm just comforted knowing that they're in heaven. And you say, no, actually your, your loved one is not in heaven. The Bible says that's not the right time because then they're hurting. So there's, there's wrong and right times to bring up topics. All you're going to do then is just kind of push them away. Now, it doesn't mean you're never going to study that topic with them, right? But we want to find the right times. It, you find points of agreement and then share further truth. Now, what are some, some good times to share? Sometimes people will bring up something that is a, a good in, a good wedge to talk about a topic. Someone was telling me, you know, Chelsea, I have these coworkers, and um, they're, you know... They, they're talking to me about religious things, but I just don't think they'll take a Bible study if I hand them a Bible study guide and try to take them through doctrine. But they have questions on relationships. Okay, so start there. You know, if your friend is, is talking to you or has issues with relationships in their life, you can say, hey, listen, um, you know, something that's really helped me is a couple verses that I found in the Bible. Would you mind if I just share those with you quick? And you just take them to those two verses. You're getting into the Bible, and it's just a brief start on it, and from there you get deeper into the Bible with them. You start where they are. Well, I have a co-worker. She's much younger than me. She is, um, she had a office. She's 24. She's engaged. And let me tell you, she talked about her fiance all day long. And uh, sometimes I really want to listen, but I want to do my job also. And one day I said, well, how do I share God with her? And I don't know. When she started talking, I said, guess what? I'm engaged. And she said, really? And she thought that I was talking about a guy. And then I started talking about my fiance. Oh, I love her. And then she was really forget about your fiance to know about something new about myself. And then it was about Jesus. <laughs> oh, she said, oh, he's, he, I know him too. But you know, I tell her everything about my new fiance I engage with. And then she was listening. Yeah. You, you found an opportunity to share with her. That's good. I want to hear more stories from you guys later. At the end, we're going to have Katie share a few stories. Um, she's a nurse at Loma Linda, and she's going to share with you some experiences she's had. And then we're going to have um, 
uh, uh, extra thing for you about some literature that you can use in the workplace that's good. And we'll have a short thing on that. So I'm excited to get there. How many of you are nervous about giving a Bible study? You've never given one, you're nervous. I remember my first Bible study, I was so scared. I stayed, I was on Daniel 2. They took me door to door, and I found this lady that finally said she would study with me. Um, and she had a, a son who was eight years old, and she was not familiar with the Bible. And I was starting with Daniel 2. And the night before, I stayed up and I went through every Bible study I could find on Daniel 2. And I was adding things, and the study was so long. Every point I could find on Daniel 2, I was studying it, studying it, studying it. It was good for me. I learned Daniel 2. But I went to her house and I sat down and I was so nervous to study the Bible with her. I was just scared. And I had a Bible worker with me that was just like watching me the whole time. She made me even more scared. But I went through the Bible study. I went way too long was one thing I did. But you know, I got to the end of the study. They let me finish. And it was so rewarding. You know, they didn't maybe remember all those details. And, and yes, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, at the end, all they could remember was that Nebuchadnezzar had a funny name, probably. But, um, <laughs> but the point was, is that like, I was so nervous, but I made it through it, right? I'm still alive, you can do it. Um, and it was good for me. It started, uh, it awakened something in me and a passion that I just love giving Bible studies. I love it. It's one of the best experiences you can have. Um, Katie will testify to that too. Um, um, one thing with giving Bible studies is you may be nervous, but we have this promise that I love. Think about this. He who begins with what? Little knowledge in a humble way and tells what he knows while seeking diligently for further knowledge will find what? The whole heavenly treasure awaiting his demand. Do you need anything else than that? It says the more that you and I seek to impart light, the more light that we will receive. The more one tries to explain the word of God to others with a love for souls, the plainer it becomes to himself. The more we use our knowledge and exercise our powers, the more knowledge and power we shall have. Christ's Object Lessons 354. I love this quote, and this is so true in my life. I went to Youth for Jesus program, and like I said, I hadn't given Bible studies. I didn't have a clue what I believed. Raised in Adventist schools, and I could not show you verses throughout the Bible on why I believe the Sabbath. I couldn't show you verses on, on death. I couldn't show you those things. And I went out and I started giving Bible studies, and I didn't really know anything. But when I was in those homes and people were asking me questions, I had to go back and study. I'd say, that's a good question. I'll come back and we'll study it next week. And so we'd go through and we'd study it and it grounded me in my faith. You may have coworkers that you're scared to study with. You're like, you know what? They are smarter than me. They know too much and I'm just scared. Or maybe they're gonna argue. You don't have to go in with an argue, argumentative spirit. Actually, you don't want that. You want to go in in a humble way, study with them the truths from the Bible. And if you don't know, then it's going to encourage you to study it out and ground you in the word more than you've ever been before. So Bible study is, by giving Bible studies is so important. I think that everyone should do it. I'm going to give you a few principles in giving Bible studies. Um, there's many different ways to get Bible studies. You may find different ways with people at your work. But I'm going to give you the principles first of, of once you get that Bible study, you have a Bible study, some things to follow. Three great principles. Present Jesus first. A lot of times we have this tendency to want to um, present Mark of the Beast first or the Antichrist first. You know, it's something we've learned or we're excited about. We want to share with people. But the thing is, is that we can push them away. Here's the thing. Am I going to be able to keep the Sabbath truly if I don't know Jesus? Yes or no? no. Am I going to be able to um, give up the addictions in my life if I don't know Jesus? Yes or no? If we don't have Christ as the center, we will not be able to follow any of the truths in the Bible. So once you connect with them as friends, you've built that relationship, you're going to present Jesus to them. Now, I'm going to say this. Jesus is at the heart of every single doctrine of the Bible. There is not one doctrine of the Seventh-day Adventist Church that, that I have studied them all that I cannot find Jesus at the center of. He is at the heart of all of them, but it's how we present it. It's how we present it. So this quote says, um, in giving Bible studies, always present Jesus first before doctrine. You'll be tempted to share the Sabbath when asked. If you present doctrine first, men and women will not have the power to live the Christian life. But if they fall in love with Christ and learn his transforming power, then when they come to doctrine, they will obey to please who? Christ. 
Christ, not out of fear, not because you told them, but they love Christ and they want to please him. If that is not your experience for you personally in this room, I encourage you to go through and um, study the Bible more for yourself. Come to know Christ, not just keeping it as a ritual, but knowing Christ and him at the center of it. Number two, reveal truth gradually. God doesn't just like blast us with sunshine in the morning. He doesn't just um, blast us with something all at once. In my personal experience, as I've been learning, God shows me a little bit at a time, right? You don't feed a baby steak, right? You feed them milk first. So you're going to reveal truth gradually. It builds on each other. I know um, one person, when I first started studying with people, I was so excited that I was presenting to them topics on, on death and the Sabbath, and they, we sat down one day, and they're like, Chelsea, I don't even know if I believe in the Bible. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm giving them all these verses, but do the verses mean anything? No, because they don't even believe in the Bible. You have to start at, at the beginning. Maybe sometimes I would assume that they believed in the Bible as the inspired word of God, but you have to start with that. Start with, is the Bible true? Can we trust it? And you build from there. So make sure you, you lay a groundwork. Now, if you're working with somebody and they have a question on a certain issue and it comes up, there's times when you're going to talk about things, right? Um, out, you know, maybe jumping ahead, so to speak, in a topic, because that's an interest to them. They want to find out more about you. They know you're Seventh-day Adventist. They're like, what is this? What do you believe? And you're going to have opportunity to share a little bit at a time. Keep it Christ-centered. Keep your focus on, on that. Share those doctrines with them with Christ as the center. And a good thing to maybe say is, you know, I would love to share that with you. Would you have time over lunch or, or sometime that I could just share a few of that with you so we could talk about it more thoroughly? Um, it'd be hard to answer your question in, in the short amount of time. And try to find a time when you can meet with them or, or talk with them um, outside of that work time. In giving a Bible study, you always want to make appeals for decision at each point along the way. Why is this important? Why would you go through, is the Bible true? You ask for a decision. You go through Sabbath, you ask for a decision. Why is it important to make it along the way? Why do you think? Why not just one decision at the end? Like, hey, you want to be baptized? Right. They can't incorporate it all at once. Um, I studied with a lot of uh, people, and I had the privilege to work with um, Pastor Finley and his wife. And one thing that I saw is he, when he would go into the homes with me, is his way of gaining decisions. I would have been studying with this person for months and months and months, and in 30 minutes he'd do more, get more decisions than I had had in the entire time. I was like, what is he doing? So I just started watching. And every point along the way, every time he'd meet with him, he'd ask for another step, another decision, always asking for decisions. And I would be too scared to ask. I'd be like, well, what if they say no? Or, you know, I don't want to push them. But, you know, some people are waiting to make a decision. They just haven't been asked. And so at each point along the way, the other thing is, let's say you study uh, the Bible is true, it can be trusted. You study Save the Dead. You study Sabbath. You study um, all of the, the health message. And you get to the end of like 30 Bible studies. And you're like, okay, do you want to accept uh, the health message, the Antichrist, the Sabbath, Save the Dead? Do you want to accept all this? How's that person going to feel? They're going to be super overwhelmed and they're like, I can't do all of this. But if instead you start at point one, do you believe the Bible's the inspired word of God? Yes, I do. I've seen that. Do you believe that Jesus is your Savior and Lord? He wants to forgive you and save you from your sins. And for yes, I do. do. Do you see that Jesus loves the Sabbath and because he loves it, you want to keep it too? Yes, I do. And every point along the way, they're making decisions when they get to the end. They've fallen so in love with Jesus. They've seen all these things step by step and they say, hey, Where's the water? I want to be baptized. Amen. But we have to present it um, in a right way. Sometimes we don't follow a very good method. We jump ahead of ourselves, jump ahead of God in the process he's working, and we push people away, yeah? So these are some good principles to follow. Um, when you go in to give a Bible study, I'm giving you some of these. It, it will probably be a little bit different in the workplace or depending on where you're studying. But um, as you're going to hear testimony from Dr. Chung, one thing I encourage you to do is start a small group Bible study in your home. Invite your coworkers to come. Have some food out, um, have a, a Bible, some social time first and eat and get together. Invite some of your other friends, meet, meet new people. People you think that would bond well with them. And when you go to do the Bible study, um, you know, after the social time, this is kind of how you'll go. Um, you'll pray, obviously, before you go in, but socialize for a little bit of time. Get to know them, know what's going on in their life. So you can, use, um, you can use scripture and verses that, that 
reach them where they're at. You are gonna study with them, obviously, and then lead to a decision. Always, you know, use some sort of story or verse from the Bible, um, not your opinion, but God's word. Seal the decision with prayer, and then it says leave immediately. Uh, in giving a Bible study, I, um, I would give the Bible, I'd go into somebody's home, I'd give the Bible study, I'd get to the end, we'd pray, there was conviction. You could just feel the Spirit of God mo moving, and then um, we'd start talking, and it would get to secular things. You know, they'd be talking about sports or the weather or what they were going to do this weekend. And by the time I would leave, that atmosphere had changed. And what happens is when, when the Spirit of God is working so heavily on people and convicting them, if we give that person a way to push it aside, we're not helping. We're not helping. So it's better if we can leave right away and leave the atmosphere and the, the conviction, the Holy Spirit working, leave it on a spiritual note. If they, they have a need and you're going to talk about something, keep it to a spiritual focus. Um, this, is, this is important in giving studies. When you're giving a Bible study, um, there's a few different ways you can do it. You can go get Bible study guides. Um, GYC, actually, you guys are hearing about this before tonight. Um, we're creating some Bible studies called In Script. And uh, it'll be new Bible studies designed by young people. And um, Arise is actually working with us to do it. Um, Clifford Goldstein at the GC is helping. And um, we're all working together to make these Bible studies this resource available. We're putting training online so you can watch online training. You can get the Bible studies. You have everything you need. Um, you can use a study guide such as that, that you will leave with the person. Amazing Facts has some, it is written, has some, lots of places have Bible studies. You can get those and go through them. Another way you can do it is, um, uh, I've used the book like Studying Together or get a list of verses on, on the topic you're going to study and have it written down so you know how to go through them and then add some personal stories. You want them to read some of the scriptures as you're going through. This gives them participation and they're reading the word then maybe they don't study the bible ever if you're just reading it all to them it's going to feel like a sermon right you want them to see it and read it for themselves um use few words be clear to the point you don't have to cover every verse on the topic okay i learned that my bible studies would be like two hours and people would be like oh man when's she gonna go so use illustrations and stories personal experience um I just put this on, don't be afraid of silence if the person's thinking. Um, be aware of what, what they're going through, what's happening in their life. Really with Bible study, if you haven't ever given one, you just need to go give a Bible study. And you're gonna learn as you go. Um, as you go through the topic, you're gonna see more things that will help it to run more smoothly. But these are a few things that um, have stood out to me. Um, with the, need a clicker. With a Bible study, keep it to about an hour length. Um, it just keeps people hungry for more. Now, if there is, um, if you're going through uh, studies and you're going through them in, a, in an order that makes sense, right? One on top of the other. And you, the person has a, a question on a particular topic. Let's say you're on study number two, salvation, and they want to know about the Antichrist. What are you going to do? I mean, they're pushing you. Tell me what I need to know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to tell them. What are you going to do? I'm going to say that's a really good question, and that we have that in an upcoming lesson. Tell them she has the answer. Okay. <laughs> if you're going through a set of studies with the person, then you just tell them, that's a really good question. We are going to cover that. It's coming in an upcoming study. You just got to wait a little bit longer. What I have found is there are people who told me at the beginning, Chelsea, you have one, you have one study. That's it. You one shot with me. And we study the, the Bible study, and then they have questions. Well, what about this? That's in the upcoming study, but remember, you only wanted one Bible study. No, no, I really want to hear that topic. It's coming up. I mean, you said one. No, I'll do more. So we go to the next Bible study. More questions come, and they're asking me. And what happens is, if I would have answered that question right away, they would have said goodbye. But because they want to know the answer, and they're seeing the foundation build, they're going to wait for it. The other thing is, is that if I jump ahead to that topic, I could end up just destroying that study altogether because maybe they have the question, but they're not ready to hear it yet because the foundation hasn't been laid. 
Now, if you're riding on the bus somewhere and you're never going to see this person again and it's a question and you want to study it out with him, great. Give him some literature on it. Try to, to share with him. But if this is a coworker or family member or a neighbor that you want to build a relationship with and you want to study with them um, long term, make sure that you're building a foundation first so it's, it's not going to scare them away. Um, the other thing is, if you're not going to study it in an upcoming lesson, if it's something urgent to them and what's going on in their life, maybe it's a marriage issue and they say, is divorce wrong? I need to know what the Bible says. You're not going to say, you know, you need to wait on that. It's not the topic for today, right? <laughs> you want to cover that. And if you don't know the answer, just say, listen, you know, I want to take some time to study that out a little bit more. Um, let's meet next week and we'll, we'll spend some time on that topic. Don't be afraid of, of saying you don't have the answer right then. It's okay. If you go in thinking you have the answer every time, the person's going to think you're a know-it-all and they're not going to really, you know, appreciate you quite so much. They want to know that you're open as well and you're studying, seeking God's will. All right. Let's, um, yes. It's not wrong to bring one with you. Um, some people, you know, they'll bring their computers or to search things. I found that um, if I've already gone through a lesson, it's better for me to put it off till the next week and give myself a week to pray and study. Um, sometimes, you know, if it's a, a question on the, the questions on the topic you do want to be prepared for. Let's say you're studying State of the Dead and you're not going to go through every verse on the topic. Let's say you go through the verses. There are some common objections that people will have. They'll be like, what about the rich man and Lazarus? You need to be prepared for that, right? So one thing, I encourage you guys to get the book Studying Together by Mark Finley. Um, there's a few other books out there uh, that are really good too, but that one is one in all my Bible studies, I would actually keep it in the back of my Bible, especially at the beginning when I didn't really know the answers. It has the objections in there. You can study it before, mark it in your Bible. That way you go prepared because you don't want to go in and just say every question they ask, oh, I'll tell you next week, I'll tell you next week. You want to prepare, right? You need to study it for yourself. So look at the common objections. Those are the ones you're probably going to get and you'll be prepared for them. Um, yeah, good question. All right, so first thing first, you're going to gain that connection with the Lord and experience the word for yourself. Go through the Bible studies on your own. I know people who go to give a Bible study, they haven't even read it through. That's a problem. The person obviously is going to know. You need to, to study that, know it for yourself. Come to love truth for yourself so you can share it with other people. All right. Um, get some good materials. Um, become a student of the Word. Seek to know 100%. You may only share 10%. I want to note this. The work of the Holy Spirit is not your role. Your job is not to convict the person. Your job is not to uh, make that person accept that truth and follow it. Are you with me? Sometimes I would feel that burden, I would leave and I would say, oh, I wasn't successful. But your job is to go to the person and to share the word of God with them. God will do the convicting if you are opening the word. Don't give the person your opinion, well, I think, well, I think. People don't want to hear that. If they ask you a question, you go to the word, the word, the word, the word. And I would have people say, well, Chelsea, well, what do you think about that? doesn't matter what I think about that. Amen. It's about what the Bible says. And if you build that foundation, they're going to have a greater trust and respect for you because you're basing it on the word, not, not your opinion. All right? Um, we're going to skip this for now. With a decision, before you go in even to give a Bible study, you want to know what the point is and what decision you're hoping that person will make. Um, like I said, take steps. Don't make them try to jump to the top of the stairs in one night. Um, when you go into the Bible study, let's say we're studying, is the Bible true, can we trust it? What, or uh, involved with Daniel 2. One thing in that prophecy in Daniel 2 that's pointed out is that Daniel prayed, God answered his prayer, Daniel could trust God. We can see, too, that, that just as God said everything would happen, it did. If God can control all of these major things going on in the world, can he control the things in my life? The, the small details, the things I'm worried about, concerned about? Well, the, the decision, my, in my mind, I already know what I'm going to ask them. I already know the point of the study. We can see that Daniel could trust God, that God has come through at every point. Do you want to tell God, yes, I want to trust my life with you? Or do you want to say, yes, God, I want to study your word more? Because 
I, I believe that it's, it's different than any other book and, and I want to study it. Based on the person, the decision is going to be different. But make sure you ask for a decision. All right, um, a couple more points and then I'll answer a couple questions. It's nice when you go to have a prayer partner with you, if you can. Um, now you may not, if it's a coworker, have somebody that's with you, but it is nice to have someone along. If you go with someone else, one person leads out in the study. Because this is what happens. I, uh, one week I was going to study with a friend and I took a, a church member with me. We're sitting in the study and I'm presenting the study. Now I know this person well, right? I've been studying with them for a while. They're a friend of mine. The, the church member doesn't really know the person very well. They had good intentions, but we sit down and I'm presenting something and the church member starts arguing with me. They're like, no, I mean, that's not right, but look at this. Well, what about this child arguing with me in front of this person? And this person's like looking back and forth at us and I'm just trying to keep them quiet. And what happens? The person you're studying with loses trust. They're like, these people don't really know what they're talking about. They're arguing amongst themselves. What's going on? And all it did was distract me. So we get out in the car and I'm like, what just happened? And I explain what's, the, per the person was really defensive and I explained, this is what's going on in this person's life. Oh, well, if I would have known that. But they couldn't because some of those things were personal things that person had shared with me. If you're going with someone, make it clear before you go in, who's going to give the Bible study? The other person is a silent prayer partner. Amen. Now, if the, person's, if the person speaks to you, you don't just sit quiet. I had that happen too. We are at a door and I told them, you're a silent prayer partner. And the, the person was like, hi. And they're just like, and they looked at me. I'm like, you can say hello. It's okay. So, you know, don't go to extremes. The other thing is, we laugh about this, but it happens. I was talking to some people. I said, a silent prayer partner. We're standing at the door, and the person's like this. I'm like, pray in your head. So they're like folding their hands. Their lips are moving. Just, you know, obviously you're praying in your mind for the other person. Now, Jesus sent his disciples out in, in twos. It's been so great. I've gone on other Bible studies and I can't remember a verse. And I'm like, you know, there's this verse that says this. And while I'm continuing with the study, that person is looking up the verse for me. They're finding it in the Bible. Or I'm like, oh, this objection, I can't quite remember how to answer it. The other person will know and they'll pop in. It's so nice to have that teamwork. But when you go to work together, be united. Be united. If you have a group study and you're bringing other, other church members, prep them ahead. Because what happens is you'll bring five people from your work and someone else will come in and they'll start, you know, preaching about Ellen White and it's your first Bible study, right? You want to be prepared for that. I believe in Ellen White. I love her writings because the Bible talks about the spirit of prophecy. I know it's based on the word. But I don't, I don't use any quotes. I don't quote Ellen White in those first Bible studies. Why? Because I want that person to learn that it's based on the word of God, Amen. right? Okay, so... You don't need to tell too much too soon. Don't get into disagreements with the people. It's not going to help you to sit and argue with people at work about which day is the right day, right? Connect with them and then in a calm way say, hey, can we sit down sometime and I'll, I can just share with you a little bit more of why I believe that. People will be open to that. I'm going to get with you in one minute. We're almost to questions. Um, we're going to skip this too. In Desire of Ages 141, it says, Many have gone down to ruin who might have been saved if their neighbors, common men and women, had put forth personal effort for them. Many are waiting to be personally addressed. In the very family, the neighborhood, the town where we live, there is work for us to do as missionaries for Christ. Wherever you are, wherever God has placed you, he has people who are waiting, and it says they need to be personally addressed. Not just, not just maybe handed a flyer or not just to walk into the back of the church randomly. They need you to come to them personally and care enough to say, hey, I would really like to, to spend some more time with you, to get to know you, and then to study the Bible with you. People are more open than you think. We're often just too scared to ask people if they want Bible studies. I was living in this neighborhood and um, I was working in ministry, and every day I would go to work, and I would do these things, and, and one day I was walking to my apartment, and my neighbor was there, and he said, uh, hey, you know, I haven't really even met you. So I went over, I met um, him and his mom, and we were talking for a little bit, and he said, hey, what do you do? So I tell him what I do. I give Bible studies and all these things. He's like, well, why haven't you come to our house? You know, we're right next door. Why, why aren't you giving me Bible studies? 
and I was so convicted. Here I had passed by my neighbor day after day. Oh, I'm in ministry. I'm, I'm giving Bible studies. But my own neighbor is begging for it. I didn't even ask him. He's like, if you would have just asked us, come over. And we started Bible studies with the whole family. There are people who are more ready, more willing than we think. We just need to ask, you know, um, in the right setting. And sometimes it's just, hey, I really found something this week that, that touched me. I, I saw you were kind of having a hard time. I'd love to share that with you. Non-threatening, not, hey, can I give you the doctrines of my church? You know, it's, it's the approach, but they're waiting. And, um, okay, we're skipping this. This is basically about share with more people. Um, if we want Bible studies and we're only gonna ask one person, it's gonna, if you ask five people at your work or if you talk to more, the more you talk to, the more likely you are to have a Bible study. That's a principle there. All right. Um, okay, I'm gonna do questions instead because we're getting shorter on time and I wanna make sure we have time for Katie and Nelson. Um, any specific questions on what we just talked about or on something else? Yes, in the back. If somebody doesn't want to read the Bible because it's judgmental? Okay, um, there are some different approaches you can take with that. Um, sometimes, like, like we talked about in the last session, people have either been hurt by spiritual people, or by Christians in their life, or maybe they felt like God has let them down. You need to show them a different picture. So one, it's forming that relationship with them so they, they trust you, and then it's showing them a different picture of God. And sometimes I, I would be like, hey, do you mind if I share a couple of verses with you? And I would bring them to some scriptures that show how much God loves them, how merciful he is, how loving he is, and show them a different picture. And just maybe a story in the Bible that, that shows God is merciful. Um, show, some, show them a different picture of God through your actions and maybe through some scriptures. Um, and I think, I think as people continue to study and as it's Christ-centered, they're going to see a different picture. Uh, is there a question here? brought up um, Ellen White's name and I just wanted to relate an experience that I had where I thought I had really good intentions of going to the Bible study and I took my Ellen White Bible oh. and that didn't, I, I didn't even think, I mean it was my Bible, it's what I use and it was somebody sure. who knew that sure. and that didn't go over well. She said she went to give a Bible study and she brought her Ellen White Bible and it didn't go so well. Now um, some of you may be like, well you know I don't want to be embarrassed of that. There's no reason to be embarrassed of that. But like we said, you're not going to, on a first day, just blast somebody with the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. Why? They don't have a foundation. They're not ready for it. And I have seen um, so many, as I've studied with them, after the foundation has been built, they so readily accept the gift of prophecy as spoken in the Bible. But you need to go through the tests of the prophet with them. You don't want to start there. Um, oftentimes, even when you're talking with people at work, they may not know about Seventh Avenue. They may think Jehovah's Witness or, you know, you're some sort of cult and here you have your own prophet. You want to be careful because there's all these walls that are up. And first, those walls need to be broken down before they be willing to even look further into something that, that um, is truth. All right, there's another question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit before. Let's address that again. What about if it's illegal, like where you are? Actually, one gentleman, I don't know if he's here. In his workplace, he can't, he is told that he's not allowed to socialize with people outside of work. They're not even supposed to get together. So that makes a huge problem. But if you can't necessarily share at work, you're building those relationships while you're at work. And you're getting to know the people. And then... Um, lunch or off time, as Sebastian talked about um, the socials that he did, some different program or, you know, things they had the election night, he had people over, built those relationships outside of work, and then they were able to, to discuss more on spiritual matters. Actually, you may have some um, story or counsel on that. Do you want to share? Mm. Not even the 
Right. So there's way. Right. approach it and the situation is definitely key and as Sebastian talked about before too if you're on a university campus or your workplace know what the guidelines are know what the rules are so you're aware of it um, and uh, so you're, you're you can be careful in, in how you approach it and how you say it but you're still sharing and God does open ways I remember we talked about divine appointments yesterday and I shared with you about the young lady who just she said I don't know really how to share and she prayed and the next day someone approached her God will bring about opportunities. Is there any other questions specifically? And then we're going to give some time for testimony. Well, it's something I want to share. The time that uh, like I work uh, with the HIV AIDS patient, mm -hmm. the thing that uh, my organization don't want you to do, but in the need assessment, you ask, there's a question, uh, do you have spiritual support? This is my license. So whenever I use that question, and then it's opened the door for me to open, hmm. to share my faith. And uh, I always have Bibles in my office, in my hmm. drawer. And then uh, one day, was, I have several clients who become Seventh-day Adventists. As a matter of fact, I have a client right now, he's a deacon. Praise the Lord. In my church. And then uh, one day I asked uh, this client uh, if he, she has any spiritual support. And she said no. And I said, will you like a refer? She said, well, I don't know. I said, do you have a Bible? She said, yes, I have a Bible, but I don't read it every day. Either I don't go to church. So I said, you want me to pray with you? And guess what? After I pray with that client, the client just went out in the lobby Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying <laughs> for me. <laughs> what she's doing to me? And then she just walked around and then, and I said, okay, then I bought her Bible. The thing that, you know, you meet people where they are, I think uh, serving people or use, uh, meet their need is the time mm -hmm. they're open for your, what you have to share. I have a Bible study right now. She's a young girl. She was living alone and then uh, she couldn't pay her rent. And I said, okay, come. She came to my house. I didn't give her a lecture. I just gave her a book. Mm -hmm. The next day she came to me about that book. She said, Sister Naomi, I was reading that book. You know, I've been a Christian in Pentecostal, uh, faith, but I don't think, they don't make a big deal out of it. I don't think some baptism is really important. But this next, I opened this book, and then this is where I open it, and I read it and read it. I really convinced my hmm. heart. 
And then she said, what should I do? I said, well, we like to do Bible study. Since she lives in my house. You can do Bible do study. Bible That's study great. study every day. Now we're having a youth day on the 23rd of December. She's getting that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bible study is so important. That's good. You brought her into your home. Let me transition here. Sorry. You'll have more time for testimony. I want to make sure I get these guys in. We will have more time for testimony. Is there any other questions on the topic of giving a Bible study? What if you have someone who believes something different and they're straight out with you? They say, well, we don't have anything in common. You believe differently than me. Do you try and say, well, no, we don't. What do you believe and try and match? Or do you just say... Good question. Okay, what if you have somebody who they're like, we just, we believe differently, we don't agree on anything, you know, we just have differences. Um, a few different ways, it depends on how the conversation arises. Um, sometimes, yes, you'll want to find, um, maybe ask some questions and find out more, th more what they believe. Well, what do you believe? Can you share with me? And be, hear what they believe and then find points of agreement. Another thing is too, sometimes people want to know uh, some of the differences or I'll say, you know, well, would you mind if we look at some of those things in the Bible? Um, not forcing it on them, but would you mind if we just sit down and look at it? I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you believe. You know, I just want to, I want to know what the Bible says. And oftentimes when I'm not coming with an approach of, I'm right and you're wrong, and if I'm even open to say, hey, you know, I just want to believe the Bible. If I see something different in the Bible and it's clear from the Bible, I'm willing to, to make that change. I'd love to sit down with you and let's look at it. And, you know, I can say that with, with confidence in my heart because I've studied those topics out. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's going to help us really be grounded in them too. So I'd say it's, you know, like we talked about yesterday, it's knowing the person. It's a different approach for every person. Um, there's no written out canvas, but I found that when I humble myself and um, take an approach, not of I'm above you, teacher, student, and I'm side by side with him as a friend, let's study the Bible and let's look at things that are more open. Or if I just say, hey, do you mind if I share something with you? Something that really meant something to me. Most people are open. Um, I would encourage all of you, um, they're gonna share a little bit more. I would encourage you, ask someone, your neighborhood, your work, ask them to have Bible studies with you. Um, start somewhere. And if they say no, that's okay. Ask someone else. God will bring you to the right person. Ask them to, to pray. See if there's anything going on in their life. Um, and, and you're gonna hear more testimony of how you can do that. Right now, I'm gonna turn the time over to Katie and Nelson. They're gonna share with you some materials you can use um, that are easy to share in a workplace environment. Katie's gonna share some testimonies. And then Dr. Chong is going to, to share some powerful stories with you of what's happened in his ministry. Here. Sorry. Sorry. A million mics. All right. All right. Very quickly here. Um, how many of you have heard the term friendship evangelism? What does that mean? To what? Become friends with them first. To become friends with them first. Exactly. Um, when I first started working, I've only been a professional worker for about a year and a half. Um, I've been an RN at Loma Linda University. Um, at first I thought, I'm going to remain unspotted from the world. I'm going to go, I'm going to do my work, I'm not going to associate with those that might trip me up or, you know, help me, make me compromise my beliefs or whatever. I will be an island. Uh, but I learned that that wasn't so great because how am I supposed to share my beliefs, how am I supposed to impact my coworkers if I'm not... Um, conversing with them, if I'm not becoming their friend, how can they know me? How can they want to be, to have what I have, that relationship with Jesus? Um, and so when I think of work, witnessing in the workplace, one of the things I think of is friendship evangelism. Make friends. Let them know who you are. Um, they have found out that, no, I'm not going to go out drinking and dancing with them. But this is what I will do, or I do love you in this way, or this is how we can get along. Um, and because of that, I have been able to have had many opportunities to witness in little ways. Have I gotten anyone baptized? No. Have I, you know, done big things? No. But sometimes it's just the small little steps um, of sharing just here and there when they ask, of being available to answer their questions. Um, and secondly, when I think about 
witnessing in the workplace, I think of um, being opportunistic. Sometimes we're so busy at work, we're so stressed, we have so much on our plates that we aren't really looking around to assess the spiritual needs of our coworkers, of our clients, whoever you work with. I don't know what your work environment is. Um, but I would encourage you each morning to spend some time in prayer asking God to give you eyes to assess the spiritual needs in others. Um, there are so many times in the hospital that people are just crying out, and it's such a great opportunity for you to pray with them if you can, if not, to talk with them, to let them talk, and then that can just take you to places. Um, but, but pray for those opportunistic eyes. Um, look for it. You will find it. We have that sense. You know when something's wrong with your friend. You know when something's not quite right. And I, I uh, um, encourage you to just look for that in your coworkers. I'm going to share just two stories, and then I'm going to give the time over to Nelson. Um, I have this one coworker who um, works with me, and he always gives me a really hard time about what I believe. And it really bothers me. Um, once he was giving me a hard time for not going out trick-or-treating on Halloween. Well, what's wrong with dressing up? It's cute. The little kid looks so cute. Or it's just about candy. It's okay. And blah, blah, blah. And then another time, there was this new movie that came out. And Katie, why don't you go see movies? That's so weird. And I was so mad. And my mom was actually visiting me, so I went down to meet her on lunch break. I was like, Mom, I'm just going to tell this guy that he needs to leave me alone. And he needs to stop bothering me about what I believe because I don't bother him about what he believes. And she said, you know, Katie, maybe he is truly interested in what you believe, but this is the only way that he can express it. You ever think of that? I didn't think of that. I was like, ooh, that's a good thought. Sometimes people are truly interested in what we believe or why we do what we do, but they don't always express it in, oh, please give me a Bible study. <laughs> so that's another way that you need to have wisdom. You need to look for the opportunities. Um, sometimes they're not glaring. Sometimes they're not obvious. Um, but for this gentleman, you know, you're able to give him books on why you don't believe this way or materials or this or that. Um, and so that's just one of the stories. The second story, um, there was this young man who was um, in the hospital because he had built a bomb and it exploded in his face. And he happened to do it at a daycare center. And so he was in a lot of trouble. And <laughs> none of us nurses were particularly thrilled with him. And I had to take care of him one day and I was um, flushing out his eyes um, every hour, and I was in there, and he's like, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. And he said, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? And I was in a rush, and I was kind of ticked off at him, and I said, well, I've definitely not built a bomb at a daycare center. <laughs> and then I walked out the room. And the minute I said it, the minute I walked out the door, I knew that was terrible. That was the wrong thing to say. And God was just convicting me, go back, go back. And I went to another coworker. I was like, I just did something really bad. And I told him, he's like, Katie, you need to go in there and make it right. And I was like, I know, but I don't want to. But I went back in and I apologized and I was able to open up to him and I was able to let him open up to me. And we had this wonderful conversation. He didn't believe in God, but he was searching, you know, obviously he was in this very trying time, and we had a wonderful conversation that I know was of God. So I share that story with you because sometimes we mess up, and we're not perfect, and we're going to say the wrong things, but God can still use us, and he can turn every situation into something good and into something positive. But I just encourage you to be in tune with the Lord at work. Because he will give you opportunities. This is a mission field that is unreached by no one, by everyone else. It is only you in your work environment can, that can reach those other people in that work environment. So we have a huge burden um, to carry and a huge responsibility. So look for those opportunities. If you make a mistake, God will cover it up. He'll help you. Um, and there are, it's just such a blessing. I wish I could 
could tell you more, but I want to give the time over to Nelson. It is such a blessing to work for God. It is so rewarding. Don't be ashamed in the workplace because this is our responsibility. Um, I have asked Nelson Ernst. He is the director for GLOW, which he's going to tell you more about. He's going to give you just some little resources that I love to give at work, and I think it's just so easy. Um, and so he's just going to tell you a little bit more about that, and we're going to actually give you some GLOW. So, Nelson. Wow, witnessing in the workplace, what an amazing opportunity. Not too long ago, actually, I had a church member come up to me in uh, California and he told me an amazing story. He works at an office where there's a lot of theft, and um, he figured, you know, as long as they're going to steal something from me, I might as well leave out some tracks on my desk. <laughs> so he took some glow tracks and he, and he put them out on his desk, and he was disappointed because months went by and nobody stole any tracks. <laughs> Well, one day he stayed late that evening, and uh, uh, the janitor came up to him at night, and he said, hey, are you the guy who leaves those tracks on the desk? He said, well, yeah. He says, thank you so much. I've been reading those every night. They're really good. <laughs> so apparently the janitor had been reading them, but he always placed them back. He wasn't a thief. <laughs> no, not too long ago, I was, um, I was doing some call portering, and uh, I came across a guy named Aaron. And as Aaron was talking to me, and I was telling about the great controversy, he said, you know, you really got to watch out for these uh, Seventh-day <laughs> activists. <laughs> and I said, what? You mean, you mean Seventh-day Adventists, right? And he says, yeah, yeah, those are the ones. Those are the ones. How many here would like to have our church be mistaken for Seventh-day Activists? Amen. <laughs> How would you like it if every one of us, all of our church members, all of us here could be heavily involved in doing outreach and evangelism? Amen? Well, did you know that the Spirit of Prophecy actually gives us several methods by which all of us can get involved in spreading the Three Angels' messages, one of which she actually has a few books on, um, called Publishing Ministry, called Porter Ministry. And here's a quote from her. She says, let every believer scatter, broadcast tracts, leaflets, and books containing the present truth. So every one of us can do that, right? It's really simple. In fact, I like to put it this way. If you have a thumb, you can be a literature evangelist. Why? Because if you have a thumb, you can grip a piece of Korean literature and pass it out to somebody. Amen? People have been doing this all over in California, lots of different states, passing out literature with the GLOW program. We're going to pass out a few tracks to you in just a minute here. But I want to share with you just a few ways that you can get this piece, these pieces of literature out. We all go on errands, right? We go shopping for groceries. Sometimes we go to Walmart and all that kind of stuff. Not too long ago, we got a call from a person who got one of the tracks on the back is a phone number where they can call in to ask for Bible studies. This man called in from Visalia, California. His name was Rufi. He called in. He said, hey, I want to get some Bible studies on the Sabbath. Can you do that? We said, yeah, sure. No problem. And we'll hook you up. And he says, well, you got to check this out. This is crazy. I found this tract in a really weird way. I was shopping at Walmart. And as I was going along, I thought that I saw some trash in my shopping cart. Well, I picked it up and I looked at it. It was actually a bunch of these little glow tracks. And uh, one of them was on the Sabbath. And that's why I'm calling in for Bible studies. But the weird thing is, is that we just got done sending our 10-year-old son to a VBS program where they were teaching about the Ten Commandments. And they taught him about the Sabbath. And he came back to me and my wife and he said, Mom and Dad, why aren't we keeping Saturday holy? <laughs> oh, we didn't know. So we were just praying about keeping the Sabbath when all of a sudden we found the Sabbath track in our Walmart shopping cart. Amen? Another girl, by the way, here's another way that you can pass out uh, tracks in your daily rounds. Another girl sitting in this audience uh, happened to be walking along. She dropped off a tract on a table. How simple is that? She just put some tracts on the table. The Merced County jail chaplain happened to come by and pick up that tract. He read it, and he called us up and he said, I love this material. I want it for all 900 of my men in jail. Since then, he's called us three times, and we've sent over 3,000 pieces of literature to those people. I have handwritten letters in our office from jail inmates requesting Bible studies because of one track placed on the table. Amen? Amen. Lots of stories I could share. I'm just going to share with you about one more here. Um, it's amazing just to see what God does. You know, if, if you think that God can use a stone to knock down a giant, right, with a little pipsqueak named David, he can definitely use our small efforts, right? Amen. When we pass out tracks and keep them with us wherever we go. Um, 
not too long ago, we actually had a lady who had a great idea. She said, you know what? I don't know if I can do this whole passing out tracks thing, you know, in the grocery store with the person who I'm next to in mine. I don't know if I can even do this, but I can mail it. So she got a state of the dead track, a little one. She stuck it in the mail. She mailed it to a friend who lived in another state. That friend got it. She opened it up. She read the state of the dead little track. She liked it so much that she didn't mail it off herself, but she photocopied it and mailed a photocopy to her brother who lives in another state. The brother got the photocopy of the tract, he read it, he called the sister back, and they had a Bible study about State of the Dead on the phone over on the topic of that tract. As soon as he was done with that Bible study, he hung up the phone and he called us at the local room and said, where's the closest Seventh-day Adventist church? Amen. Amen? That tract went through, through three different states. I mean, we're talking about tracts that collect dust in our foyers at church. <laughs> but people value them so much they photocopy them and mail them to their friends and family, right? Amen? Amen? So what we're going to do right now is just pass out a few tracks to everybody, and um, maybe we can have like one or two people help out with that, um, just so that you can have a few, not just for you to read and check out, but these are for the people that you're going to meet in your daily life, okay? Uh, something to pass out while you're here at GYC, maybe for the people who are helping out with food services, I've already been some of them, they're just really great people, and on the back is a little contact information, if you call the phone number on the back, not only can... Well, the people that you pass it out to, they call that number to sign up for Bible studies. But that's also the number for you to call if you want to get some more small tracks like this to carry with you wherever you go, okay? And we also have a booth here. Um, it's, I don't know what booth number, but it's up there anyway. Just look for Glow. We're the ones who are giving away the free guitar. We're raffling it off Saturday night. So if you pick up some Glow tracks, you can enter in for that. And, um, yeah, guys, praise God. One last story here as we're wrapping up. And we'll have a short word of prayer. It's just amazing what God does when we follow his counsel, amen? amen? Not too long ago, I heard this story at ASI this last summer. There was a girl who just had the glow program started in the church. So all the church members were equipped with literature. They were out and about. They were passing them out. This girl happened to have a, um, a tract in her pocket when she was riding the bus um, going to work. Now, as she was on this bus going to work, she felt an overwhelming conviction to hand a tract to the man who was sitting next to her. Now, I don't know about you, but if I felt a conviction to go in and just like randomly hand a tract to somebody like that, I might feel a little bit hesitant. Well, that's how she felt. She was afraid, and so she held off. But eventually the bus came to a stop, and just as the bus came to a stop, she realized, you know, if I don't hand a tract to this guy, I might not ever see him again. And so with that thought in mind, she pulled out her track, and it was one that says, does God care that I'm hurting? And, and she kind of she winced. She was like this. <laughs> Here you go. And he took it, and he looked at it, and he, he looked back at her when he had the track, and he said, you know, I was just praying that God would give me a sign if he didn't want me to commit suicide. And I think that this is it. By the way, speaking of a sign, it said signs of the times on the top. Pretty cool, huh? Did God care that he was hurting? He did, amen. And he used that church member and her small, faithful efforts to save that man from eternal ruin. So I encourage you, everybody, go ahead and take some of these tracks. Make sure to pass them out. It's nothing revolutionary. It's an old idea in those old red books that we have on our bookshelves. It just has a new name and a new face. But nonetheless, it's God, God's counsel to us, amen? amen? So stick those things in your pocket, pass them out, and uh, remember... Spirit prophecy says this, soon more than 1,000 will be converted in one day, most of whom will trace their first convictions back to the reading of our publications. Mm, amen. Remember that. Receive points in you up here, okay? Mm -hmm. God bless. Thank you, Nelson. All right. Um, I have just a few left here, so whoever wants to be opportunistic and grab the extras, you can. Let's meet back at 1045. Go stretch your legs. We'll see you back in a little bit. We're going to hear from Dr. John Chung. Powerful testimonies. You won't want to miss this. I'll see you in 15 minutes. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.